0: Welcome to China Invest, a podcast designed to help us understand the why to, the how to, and importantly, the when to invest in the China market. China represents nearly 20% of global GDP, and yet less than 1% of most investment portfolios. My view is that we're all going to have to become more educated, knowledgeable and confident about investing in China in the future. And this podcast is designed to help us all get started on that journey. Now, in today's podcast, I'm delighted to introduce James Liu, the Chief Investment Officer of Neo Criterion Capital Limited, today in Hong Kong. I've known James for a few years as a result of my role as an advisor to the Emerging Markets Masters Fund, and I'm aware of Neo Criterion's approach and track record, which have been excellent. James heads up the investment team and has has over 20 years asset management experience as an investor in China. So, James, welcome to the China Invest podcast.
1: Thanks, David. It's a pleasure to be here and join you for this session of your China Invest.
0: Thank you. Now, James, let's get started straight away with um, the the topics that most investors are most worried about at the moment. And here we are at the end of November, and um, the the, the topics of concern are changing all the time. But I think I can confidently say that the biggest objection to investing in China at the moment is the effect that the COVID zero policy is having on economic growth and, and domestic consumption, and how this will impact on company results and share market performance. This topic of COVID zero and the reaction to that is getting a lot of media attention at the moment. So do you have any comments on how or if the current settings are likely to change in the future and how or when the economy will start to recover? Sure, David,
1: Uh, thanks. I think first of all, we need to put this into perspective that China has a large population base with an elderly group at the age of 60 and above of over 260 million, among which 35.8 million are people of more than 80 years old. However, due to a number of reasons, uh, the vaccination rate for the elderly is fairly low, and we understand that only 68.7% of those above 60 and 40.4% of those above 80 have received a booster jet. So that's the perspective. At the same time, China may need vaccine with higher efficacy, like, uh, you know, mRNA. We understand China will soon have its own. And also during the uh, recent trip made by the German Chancellor to China, uh, there are some things agreed that uh, the BioNTech, Pfizer, uh, mRNA, you know, will be available uh, for, the, for the experts you know, in China. We don't know, you know, when this will be introduced uh, to the public, uh, you know, in China. Yeah. So we've seen some progress. Uh, at the same time, COVID curing, oral pills, more hospital beds, uh, you know, uh, will be put into place, I think, before the country can fully open up. But that's probably why the country can't just reopen like most other countries, as we've seen, yeah, as hundreds of thousands, if not more, may perish if we do not get ready, given China's you know, size. Having said this, uh, given that the new variant of Omicron, which is highly transmissible, but of weak lethality, the Chinese government has recently relaxed Epidemic pandemic control policies, with 20 measures announced on the 11th of November, uh, heading towards reopening, uh, but at a more measured pace. Somehow, in terms of execution, uh, some local governments have not been able to follow the 20 measures closely. And, uh, as the number of infected cases continued to tick up, some local governments tightened the restrictions and extended the lockdowns, essentially breaching the more relaxed and targeted COVID control measures. Uh, at a regular uh, press conference uh, hosted by the State Council yesterday, uh, a key, some key messages crossed over. Uh, one is that uh, no change of policy direction on COVID control. That is the 20 measures uh, which are more targeted and relaxed, yeah, uh, will continue. There's no scaling back. Yeah. Two, we uh, want to speed up the vaccination among the elderly group, especially those above 80. Three, uh, holding local official, uh, officials responsible if excessive curbs were being imposed. Uh, there's no mention of COVID zero or emphasis, uh, or emphasis on COVID zero. So uh, the messages are quite, I would say positive. Uh, at the same time, we learned a committee at a state council has been formed uh, to rectify the excessive COVID control uh, restrictions imposed at local level. Um, as you mentioned earlier, some of these recent developments in China has caught the attention of the Western media and also the social media in China. I'll take is that this will probably hasten the reopening process in China. Though the number of COVID cases is likely to rise further from here, with no doubt, yeah. But at the same time, the government will want the people, especially the outlay, to get prepared and make it through.
0: Yes, no, we are certainly getting a lot of uh, media about it, and uh, apparently the the World Cup is a bit of a catalyst for for some negative um, media and social media, because they're seeing all these people from other countries living very freely, Um, but, I think, you're, I think we can all see that there is, a, there is progress. But as a fund manager, you're obviously having to make some calls and, and some predictions here. When do you think um, it will be you know, opening up more uh, in, in, a, in a greater way and, and that the domestic consumption can start to come back again?
1: Um, I think we've seen some fairly uh, positive development over the last two weeks. Uh, the direction has been set Uh, at the same time, this again was uh, uh, re-emphasized at uh, the briefing yesterday. Uh, So though, you know, we don't really have a crystal ball, uh, but, you know, we'll continue to see progress to be made. Yeah. Um, Trying to uh, predict, I would say, uh, somewhere, you know, in the next couple of months, uh, we may see some meaningful progress, especially after uh, more elderly people, uh, you know, will be uh, vaccinated. Um, there will be more uh, hospital beds put into place. Uh, China's own mRNA uh, will be approved, um, and then, uh, you know, oral pills will also be uh, available. Uh, where all these conditions are there, I think we'll see uh, meaningful uh, reopening, uh, but the direction is there, and we'll continue to see it progress.
0: Yeah, good. Sounds like Chinese New Year might be a bit better this year than <laughs> next year. Yeah. So okay well let's uh, let's let's put that to one side there there are other issues that the market's facing particularly um the US China tech war so called which um is going to have some impact on the technology sector uh, and the chip manufacturing sectors um and obviously the property market as well do you want to just cover some those other risks that uh, are often talked about
1: sure i think uh those are the questions um, that I, from time to time, will need to address when we see, you know, existing and prospective investors. Um, and I'm not surprised uh, that some of the Australian investors will be interested, you uh, know, in, to learn more about this. Uh, on the U.S.-China tech war, uh, I think on the one hand, you know, the tension uh, will continue to stay. Yeah. Uh, though it might not deteriorate further, uh, especially after uh, Nancy Pelosi's uh, trip to Taiwan early August, yeah, Uh, which pushed the bilateral relations uh, to the brink, if I may. Um, But both both parties now understand where the limit is. Uh, The recent summit uh, between the two presidents, President Xi and President Biden, Uh, was fairly constructive. Um, And both parties have agreed uh, to work together, at least in areas of common interest like climate change um, and to some extent, trade. Um, So, the tech war is likely to stay, as I mentioned earlier, and China, you know, will need to uh, be more self-reliant and to build up its own Capacity over time, though, um, especially in the more advanced areas. Yeah. Uh, having said this, you know, as a fund manager and a China investor, uh, I think that also creates some opportunities uh, in that space um, as China will uh, will be more self reliant. Uh, there are some sectors or you know segments that uh, we will want to looking to which were be able to benefit you know from this uh, and uh, they will be able to uh, sell uh, true you know in the domestic market even though uh, they might not be as competitive as many players you know in the US um, any other places like you know Taiwan Japan or Europe. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know, take a mid to long term view. uh, Some of these uh, companies, you know, were worth, um, you know, look and uh, uh, some uh, that might go into, you know, our portfolio, uh, including some we've already invested. Yeah. So that's on the, you know, US China tech war. Yeah. yeah. On a properties, uh, you know, I, I would want to say one, I think uh, uh, property is of uh, is of great importance uh, to the Chinese economy, and uh, the government uh, is aware of this. Uh, property and and its value chain represents about one third, uh, you know, of our economy, about fifty percent of Chinese household wealth, yeah, Um, and about 40% of the local government's uh, fiscal uh, revenue. Yeah. Um, However, you know, given um, the policies put into place um, from 20, especially second half of 2021, we've seen a downturn, yeah. Uh, Essentially, I think the purpose um, is to make sure uh, that the properties uh, would no longer to play such an important role, um, you know, in the GDP as it's highly geared um, and each cycle, um, you know, the government might have no choice, uh, but to make sure to continue to support uh, you know the properties and in turn the GDP. Yeah. Uh, and also this would be would become a social issue as the property price continue to you know move up. Uh, so the government has set a direction uh, that is property uh, is for living in or housing is for living in and not for speculation. Uh, that's behind uh why you know there was a lot of uh, um measures uh, um to to clamp down the property uh, and espe- especially the uh, the private uh, property developers uh, since second half of year uh, 2021 yeah but having said this uh i think it seems to us uh over the last few quarters over the last few quarters, the government has realised this, um, and there are uh, um, a number of measures uh, introduced, both on the supply as well as on the demand side, yeah, um, to uh, uh, support uh, again to uh, support you know the property uh, uh, sector, yeah, given you know its importance, yeah. Uh, so fairly recently. There is a 16-point plan uh, announced um, to make sure that uh, the property developers are able to uh, um, to, to uh, finance, uh, and uh, the mortgage rate, um, uh, you know, would would be more affordable uh, for the housing, uh, you know, you know, for the home buyers. Uh, and it was just a couple of days ago. The CSRC, which is the uh, which is the Chinese SEC, announced, uh, you know, property developers uh, will be able to refinance. Yeah, in other words, they can issue uh, shares, new shares, you know, into the market, um, uh, and to uh, and to get the funding for their property projects, uh, and also um, for those unlisted ones. Uh, they can go for their IPO either in domestic market or overseas, uh, raise uh, you know encouraged at the same time, uh, private funds that focus on the real estate uh, will also be able to, to raise money. So many call it the third arrow, yeah the third arrow. So mm-hmm. it looks uh, the government realized you know um, this this issue, uh, this severe downturn has a huge impact uh, on the overall economy. So now a number of supportive measures uh, have been introduced, um, but uh, we think uh, it will definitely, you know, help um, the overall sector. Uh, at the same time, uh, we expect there could be some more measures, uh, you know, to uh, to help boost. Uh, the demand, yeah. Uh, the issue now is that uh, uh, on the supply side, uh, we've seen probably you know the measures are, are there, yeah. But on the demand side, um, government might have to do more, hmm. yeah. So you're,
0: predict- so, you're predicting a fairly soft landing um, for property, and if anything, it will be easily managed through. So so we've really addressed the some of the negatives you know the the covid zero policy the US China tech war and the property sector and you've You've kind of indicated that some of those issues are going to become less relevant going into next year. So let's start talking about next year. Um, what are your What are you looking at for the economy in 2023? Some of the trends about you know fiscal and monetary policy, inflation, uh, regulation, and and the growth of the economy. What are your thoughts about how China will perform as an economy in
1: 2023? Mm. Uh, overall, I think as for 2023. Uh, we are cautiously optimistic. Uh, on the one hand, as we just discussed, uh, China has made uh, good progress, uh, you know, in terms of uh, a reopening. Yeah, uh, which is, I would say, uh, better than any expected, uh, especially over the last couple of weeks, uh, given uh, the 20 measures announced. Yeah, um, and. Uh, uh, you know the messages uh, crossover uh, over crossover at uh, the press conference yesterday. Yeah, um, so we will see uh, the economy would gradually open up. Um, you know, consumption you know would, would gradually come back as well. Um, some of the uh, overhang uh, over the economy would be uh, you know lifted. Which is due to, um, you know, COVID zero, yeah. In the last, you know, two three years. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, uh, inflation is fairly moderate over the last uh, two months. the uh, Inflation, the CPI number, uh, is really moderate, um, you know, at, at the two percent. I mean, below two percent, yeah. As so for this year, we think China should be able to. Achieve uh, its target set early in the year uh, for CPI um, that is three percent. That is around three percent, and we think it's probably slightly above two percent, uh, which is in uh, Philly, uh, which is very different um, from uh, the problem of inflation that many other countries or most other countries are facing now. Yeah, uh, coming to twenty twenty three, uh, we don't see uh, inflation. Pick up substantially. Yeah. Uh, though uh, we we'll need to wait till March uh, when the MPC is held, uh, then a target will be set. Uh, but, you know, based on the street consensus, uh, I've seen again, it will be below 3% for year 2023. Uh, that will give uh, the Chinese government a lot of room to maneuver, I would say, in terms of both fiscal and monetary policy. Yeah. Uh, we just, uh, you know, we just learned that, uh, 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 you know, the central bank reduced its RRR the second time uh, this year. Yeah, and uh, next year there could be some policy rate cuts and maybe further RRR reduction. Yeah, uh, to, to, uh, you know, to ease. Uh, at the same time, if you look at uh, the fiscal policy, um, uh, until uh, um, July, the magnitude of the fiscal uh, fiscal policy uh, introduced is comparable, um, you know, to to those um, put into place back in year 2020 uh, when you know the COVID. Uh, 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 broke out, you know, early in the year. Yeah, uh, coming to 2023, uh, we think, uh, you know, the government uh, still has a lot ammunition. Yeah, uh, if they want to uh, stabilize and boost the economy, uh, both at the central and the local uh, government level, uh, they can introduce, you know, more fiscal policy, uh, like, you know. More infrastructure investments, uh, tax reduction, uh, so on and so forth, uh, to uh, support the economy, uh, and that's probably why, um, uh, if you look at uh, consensus for China's GDP growth um, of year 2023, uh, it will be around four and a half percent. Also, uh, you know, thanks thanks to the uh, the low base. Of year 2022
0: yeah yeah well that's a that's pretty yeah that's a pretty good uh prediction um for you know low inflation and and growth a growth rate which is closer to where it was before so how will this translate into the markets um so will investors will investors be rewarded for this uh this growth and this uh, opportunity um um, in our view
1: I think twenty twenty three will be a better year than that of twenty
0: twenty two yeah well, that that's yeah. not saying much james
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um the reasons uh are i think one we've discussed on the on the progress made on the reopening uh, you know we will see uh, you know more progress uh, uh, to be made. Into the new year, um, and some of the uh, overhands, you know, will be lifted. Uh, at the same time, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the physical policy uh, and monetary policy, you know, will start to show their effects uh, coming to year 2023. Uh, at the same time, uh, we expect, uh, you know, the property sector. Will start to uh, uh, bottom out um, in 2023 as well. Yeah. Uh, so all these will contribute, you know, to uh, to the overall growth of the economy. Uh, at the same time, uh, especially over the last two years or two and a half years, uh, you know, the Chinese equities uh, have been facing a lot headwinds. Yeah. Whether it's the you know uh, U.S. China tech war, uh, the slowdown in the economy, uh, the COVID zero uh, impact uh, on the economy, uh, and also concerns uh, you know over uh, the inflation, the the uh, uh, you know here the global inflation, uh, the tightening of the Fed, yeah, so on and so forth, yeah, but. And, and maybe I should add the regulatory um, tightening as well. Yeah, uh, all these has been uh, uh, discounted uh, into the market, uh, if you ask me. Yeah, or at least to a large extent. Uh, so we think as some of these uncertainties are gradually be uh, cleared, uh, you know, we'll see equity markets would start to perform. In fact, over the last few days. Uh, given the progress made on the reopening, uh, especially the offshore Chinese equities uh, have already started to perform, uh, you know, in a big way. Whether um, whether uh, you know they are the other, uh, Chinese companies listed in Hong Kong or the U.S. listed China ADRs. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, if you look at uh, uh, consensus, uh, I think for year twenty. 23, uh, the earnings growth uh, is going to pick up. Yeah, it's going to pick up, uh, both for onshore and offshore uh, Chinese listed equities. Yeah, somewhere between you know 10 to 15%. Yeah. Uh, so, on the one hand, should there be a re rating on China, the multiples were expanded. On the other hand, uh, the earnings growth uh, would be a lot more decent yeah, versus you know, those in the last you know, two years. So we think uh, 2023 would be a better year uh, for China investors.
0: Yeah. So what, what are the valuations today, generally?
1: Uh, as for, uh, as at the end of last week, uh, Chinese equities onshore traded slightly above uh, 10 times that's the CSI 300, the blue chip names, uh, in the low teams yeah. for year 2023. As for the offshore Chinese equities, that's under MSCI China, uh, it's between nine to ten times. Yeah.
0: So that would be an all-time low, wouldn't it? Well, certainly in, in recent times, that's pretty much as low as it's ever been. Mm-hmm. That's correct.
1: That's correct. A uh, multi-year low, you know, I would say.
0: Yeah,
1: look at so multiple or different uh, variation, uh, you know, measures.
0: Yeah. So we're saying that China's trading at a relatively all-time low, um, and you're expecting some positive news around all these issues that have been hanging around for a while, um, and a potential re-rating. So, so what do you have a do you have a prediction you can uh, tell us for 2023 China A-share? Uh, all all A share market. Um, to, just so we can look back in a year's time and see whether you were right.
1: <laughs> yeah, David. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> we don't really have a you know, crystal ball. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, if we uh, believe, uh, you know, all these uh, some of these uncertainties will be cleared, China will be re-rated. Uh, and earnings uh, growth can be delivered, uh, say both onshore and offshore. Um, I think we'll see some pretty decent uh, uh, rebound for Chinese equities.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I can't draw you out on a on a number. <laughs> uh, at the moment they
1: are treated, say in the low teens, yeah. Uh, if they get back, you know, to the mean, plus the earnings growth of, you know, uh, ten to fifteen percent, yeah, I would say, you know, the return, uh, you know, um, will be quite, uh, you know, uh, substantial, yeah, for year twenty twenty three, if you ask me.
0: Good. Well, I think that's a good place to end, James. Uh, on a positive note, uh, 2023 is looking good. Um, and you're probably thinking or saying that all of us who have an interest in, um, you know, in, in, an, an interest in how China is uh, becoming such a big part of the global economy, we should probably all have a bit more exposure to China in our portfolios. And I, I certainly agree with that. Um, but James thank you very much for being on the China Invest podcast great to have you here look forward to having you back in Australia one day soon Um, and uh, you know travel well and uh, look forward to chatting to you again in the future thank you David
1: thanks for having me here
0: and for all our listeners thanks for being here we'll look forward to having you back next time bye for now